Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Art Coviello, the retired chairman of RSA, about his new agenda. Art, pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much for taking time to speak with me today. Yeah, nice to talk to you again, Tom. So, Art, how is your life different today than it was a year ago when you were still chairman of RSA? Well, I'd say it's a lot more relaxed. Look, when when you have the responsibility of uh, over 30,000 customers, close to 4,000 employees, and uh, corporate parent and shareholders to please, there's a, a, a fair bit of responsibility on your shoulders. So as much as I enjoyed it, there's a certain relief to, to not having to worry about all those constituencies anymore. How do you find yourself spending your time these days? Well, I, I had a pretty good agenda by the time I, I retired of things I wanted to do. So... I'm doing uh, some consulting with a, a very high-end consulting firm on on matters of, of security with some of their their big and uh, major uh, major customers. So that kind of keeps my hand in in what's going on at the uh, security operations level and, quite frankly, boardrooms and and senior management's point of view. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, I've been doing a fair bit of personal investing, you know, mostly in security companies, but also working at Rally Ventures to see emerging trends in technology, because in, in my mind, there's nothing worse than a, uh, a senior executive out of office for 18 months that has not stayed current with the technology. So I'm, I'm seeing lots and lots of different technology, and then then I'm serving on, on a couple of boards, which I'm really enjoying with helping out management teams, and, and it's just uh, refreshing and a lot of fun. Well, it sounds like you're busier than ever. You know, there's an expression that Republicans use, Rhino, Republican in name only. And I've, I've kind of taken the same name, I'm retired in, in name only. But I, I, I mean, <laughs> believe me, I've, I've got more than enough time to spend focusing on, on my health, uh, spending more time with my family, and even have time to play a little golf. So it's, it's, not, uh, it's not all work. Well, now that you're away from RSA full-time and you're not associated with one technology company, what would you say are your professional goals as they relate to cybersecurity? There, there are several. You know, at a high level, I'm, I'm still interested in affecting policy. I, I think there's chaos between and among privacy people and, and security people. And, you know, on one hand, some people are not realizing you can't have privacy without security. On the other hand, security people are not realizing that they don't have to be as intrusive as they perhaps are. So it, it's really seeing if I can get some of those constituencies together so that we can get over these problems and really protect people's privacy, but also protect critical infrastructure, protect organizations from, from the real adversaries, the criminals and, and the nation states that would do us harm. Uh, you know, I continue to speak out on that topic and, and have a couple of initiatives that I'm, I'm working on there. But... Uh, in terms of point of view, that's certainly broadened a, a, around uh, security, and, and that's part of uh, the investing part. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it more broadly than I was at, at RSA, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot more. Um, obviously, RSA had a very focused strategy, but, you know, the security industry is, is much broader than that. And that's been an exciting part of what I'm doing is, is working with some of these, these companies that are outside the scope of RSA's strategy, and it's really enjoyable to work with these management teams and hopefully help them not make the same mistakes I did while at the same time learning a heck of a lot about technology and, and advances that, that need to be made. 
Art, do you find privacy to be a bit of a revelation to you, or is this something that you did pay attention to at RSA? The answer is yes and no. I, I didn't pay enough attention to it at RSA because I clearly have a security bias. So, you know, my goal is, is to protect people. But when you step away, you realize that the privacy people have a pretty pretty strong agenda. And as a consumer, you know, I worry about my, my own privacy. What happens to my data? Who gets to, to use it? Um, and uh, so as a result, I've, uh, I've become a lot more sensitive. And, and part of the reason for that sensitivity, quite frankly, is as I, I looked at the problem of privacy and security, I, I just realized that there were too many people talking past one another. You, you've got so many different so many different constituencies. You've got the defense intel community that really genuinely want to protect us from terrorists and nations that would do us harm. You, you've got law enforcement, which, which want to protect us from, from criminals. Um, you have privacy advocates who, who sometimes sound a bit strident, but they're not wrong. I mean, it, the, the slippery slope argument uh, around Big Brother is, is, I think, a very valid one. So how do you balance all of these various constituencies and have them talking to one another and not talking past one another. And then the, the press, quite frankly, doesn't necessarily help because they're more interested in, in the opposite uh, ends of the argument and they're not interested in, in how to get to the, get to the middle. And, and that's really where, where the battle has to be fought. All right, talk to me as well about critical infrastructure. Now that you're out of the day-to-day with RSA, do you have a different perspective on threats to critical infrastructure? Well, it has nothing to do with leaving RSA per se and more about the steady march towards basically the digitization of, of everything. And, and I'm talking uh, about the Internet of Things. Uh, so I, I just see this as, as a big looming problem and a massive expansion of the, of the attack surface. That's one thing I, I've seen. The other, though, quite frankly, and, and this is, this is a little bit related to having left RSA is, is I'm, I'm looking at the defense problem, the security problem more broadly, you know, recognizing that you do need a proper balance between prevention, detection, and, and response. I used to say that, but I was focused more on it from RSA's vantage point, but now I'm, I'm seeing the world much more broadly. Are you recently been named to the boards of directors of a couple of up-and-comers in the security industry? I want to ask you about those. First of all, what attracts you to Bug Crowd, where you've just been named to the board? This is exactly what I was talking about in terms of expanding my horizon. You know, we were saying as, uh, as long ago as three or four years ago that, that breaches are, are probable, if not inevitable, because we can't prevent people from, from getting past our defenses because the attack surface has just gotten so broad. But it's almost as if, because that became the conventionalism, that the, the pendulum swung a little bit too far and that people started to focus all of their efforts on detection and response and had almost given up on the prevention side. And, and part of that, quite frankly, is the obsolescence of, of many of the tools that, that uh, have been used over the, over the years uh, at the, uh, the endpoint. But even further back along the chain, I came to realize um, and, and just see it more constantly in the marketplace that a big part of prevention is not having technologies and, and products and applications deployed that have so mon- mon- many vulnerabilities to begin with. 
And if you can lessen the number of vulnerabilities, then you lessen the, the attack surface that way. And that's what, what led me to, uh, to BugCrowd, uh, because BugCrowd uses crowdsourcing as, as a means to find these vulnerabilities that much faster. And again, all about defense in depth. So if we can make more secure products and more secure applications, then it just stands to reason you're going to have fewer breaches. But it's it's part of a continuum that uh, that is is a is a whole security spectrum that has to be addressed: prevention, detection, and response. All right. The other organization you've connected to recently on the board is Silence, and and that's one that's getting a higher profile in recent times. What attracts you to Silence? Well, I, I was just amazed. I've, I've known Stuart McClure, the entrepreneur there, for a number of years, uh, crossing paths in, in the industry. And uh, I got connected to Stuart over the, the summer, and he did a, a demo for me um, of about 20,000 live viruses with, with one of the premier uh, antivirus companies. And with this live demo, and again, he, he's, he's doing this in front of me, without a safety net. This is his product against the other product. The well-deployed and, and well-known antivirus product caught 34% of the, um, of the viruses and, and malware. Uh, and Stewart's product, Silence, caught 99.9948%. I think it was like a couple out of 20,000. And, and these are, this, this is a combination of, of known viruses and anti-malware in even zero days. So I was just blown away, and, and you know, it, to me, it's one of the most exciting technologies. And if you think about prevention, right, this is really the next generation of, of prevention. It, it's uh, it's kind of anti-signature based because it's all all algorithmic, and it's it's just a fascinating technology, and and they're getting tremendous traction. This concludes part one of a two-part interview with Art Caviello. In part two, he discusses the 2016 cybersecurity landscape, the challenges that concern him most, and what businesses, government, and educational institutions need to do to address these challenges. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.